Welcome to the Oceans Church Podcast. We pray that as you join us for this message, you are blessed, encouraged and empowered to bring the kingdom of heaven into your spheres of life. It's good to be with fam. I was just in Albany this morning. It was very cold. I'm in my Albany clothes. It's not as cold here. That's okay. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Ash, along with my husband Jaden. We are the campus pastors of Oceans Perth, and it's an absolute honour, an absolute privilege to serve you, to serve with you. Um, it's just awesome to be amongst family today. I'm like, Albany was a bit more formal for me, but now I'm just like really relaxed. So this is what you get. I thought about taking my shoes off, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Um, just before we start today, there are a lot of new faces here that I have never seen before. So I wanna say hi, welcome to our family. We are so glad that you're here. Yeah, come on. It's really good to see you. I hope to see you in the welcome party afterwards. I'll be there, we'll walk up together and it'll be a good time because it's free food. That's something we do here. Lots of food, lots of friendship, lots of God. Um, but for those of you who are new, who don't know me, it sometimes helps to know a little bit about the person that's speaking. So I thought I'd just share a bit about myself. Um, I've been at Oceans since the launch of Everlife, which was our name before we became Oceans, before we merged. Yeah, Everlife days, come on. <laughs> There's some OGs here today. Um, before we merged two beautiful churches together, um, it's where I met my now husband, Jaden, um, which is the best. Um, and it's where God radically transformed my life. Um, before I came back to church, um, I was in a very unholy relationship. Gemma was my roommate, so <laughs> she knows. <laughs> um, I was just going against all that God had for me, really. I had severe anxiety, depression. I was super stressed um, and it actually hindered my everyday life pretty, pretty, pretty big. Um, but I didn't have a huge radical first encounter with God like some people really like to think that it is when you first come to Jesus. I think I actually got something a bit better because he chased me down. It was bit by bit. He was with me in my everyday, speaking to me throughout my days. Um, and as I started coming back to him, he was prompting things on my heart, breaking down walls. He started calling me by my true identity, which is something that I hadn't heard in a very long time. He called me strong. He called me beautiful. He called me clean. He called me worthy of purpose and calling. Um, so I'm here because of Jesus. And I know that a lot of us are here because of Jesus too. And um, it was a fight. But I was determined to do what God had called me to do. So long story short, after a lot of radical transformation, here I am doing what God has called me to do. So um, before we even start the message, I just need you to know, friend, like if he's done it for me, there's no exception to the rule. He'll do it for you as well. Amen. He's so good like that. Um, that's me in a nutshell. You can get to know me a bit more at the after, part, after party or welcome party because um, I love to meet new people and I love people. Um, but before we start, why don't you join me in prayer? Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come. Holy Spirit, come. Would you rest on this place, Lord? I just pray um, as we hear the word that you have designed for us tonight, I just pray that hearts soften to your word, Lord, that it be nothing of my own words or heart or ambition, Lord, but let it all be from you. Let us just understand who you are, who you're wanting to reveal yourself to be today, Father. So Holy Spirit, would you come and just rest in this place and let us feel happy and joyful in your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. So good, hey? Jess, you are good to go, my friend. Sorry about all the piano playing. Ah, oh, again, welcome to everyone new here. I know it's a bit, it's a new environment. 
It's a bit weird sometimes. Sometimes we get a bit like that, but hey, I don't, I don't think it's that weird personally. But if you're on, like, if any, at any point you feel uncomfortable, just know you might be in good company. But God ch- transforms, right? God transforms hearts and he, he just chases us down. He just wants to be known, that's all. Um, so I'm sorry if you feel any uncomfortableness, but we are a family and we are here because one purpose and that's Jesus. Um, and I really hope that you get to discover him today because he's really cool and is really awesome. Um, so thank you for being here. Um, but God really spoke to me a specific word that um, well, it was for Albany, but I really feel like it's very transferable because we're one family. We have two locations, by the way, if that didn't sound obvious. Um, one in Perth, one in Albany. So I was in Albany, I was preaching that word. Um, and it's a word I believe that is God is wanting to say, maybe it's for the whole church, maybe it's just for one person, but I really do believe that we should just say what God is speaking for our people, right? Um, so I was asking the Lord on Monday night, Lord, what do you want oceans to know? Like, what do you really want them to know? What's one thing that is on your heart that you want at least one person at oceans to know today? And I felt the Lord say, I want them to know that I want to give hope to those who feel like there is no hope left. I want to give hope to those who feel like there is no hope left. I want them to know that there is hope and Jesus is here to give hope. He is here to give hope and bring hope. He is hope. That's the word he has for us today and we're in the midst of our series. We're in our third week of Who is the Real Jesus? Where we've been unveiling who the real Jesus is, who who he wants to reveal himself to be to us. And for so many of us, we've already formed our own perceptions of who he is, right? Like whether it is something your family believed or your friends believed or something that was handed down to you or just a belief that you formed for yourself about who he is, right? Maybe you do believe that he is far off. Maybe you do think that he's an angry God, that he doesn't care and he never will, right? Some guy in the sky who just has nothing to do with us. Maybe you do believe that he doesn't have compassion. And we can go through our lives building up our own image of who he could really be, but trying to make sense of it all, right? But when in reality, the scripture shows us so beautifully of who Jesus is, that he is kind, It's all through the scripture that he's loving, that he is generous, he is gentle, that he's fiercely protective of us and full of love for his children. And Pastor Shafe preached two weeks on just this, how Jesus met with the lowly, he met with the poor in spirit, the ones that it didn't make much sense to be with on to looking with outside eyes, right? He met with people like us because Jesus sees value in his children, right? And that's us. That's the real Jesus. That is who the real Jesus is. He loves you deeply. He's deeply in love with you and you can't change his mind. You really can't. You can try, but you can't. He's unchangeable. He's steadfast. But even after we've discovered this for ourselves, right, sometimes we can forget. We can go through um, life and just focus on our circumstances and not our saviour, right? We can Um, go through hardships and forget all of those beautiful things because our circumstance isn't always steady and reliable, right? So we can start to lose hope if we're focusing on those things. So to discover who the real Jesus is and to find that hope, we have to go to the source, the true source. So we'll be taking taking a look at an account from Jesus' ministry that John recorded to reveal who the real Jesus is It's going to be awesome. Um, John 11, most of us might know it, death of Lazarus. 
It's a good story. It's a powerful story. You can unpack so much from this story, but we'll focus on a few things tonight. Um, in this account, John 11, we read that Mary and her sister Martha had sent a message out to Jesus saying that her, their brother Lazarus, his close friend, um, was very sick back in Judea. And when Jesus heard this message, he told the messenger that the illness he's experiencing doesn't actually lead to death, but it leads to the glory of God. So as they returned to the sisters with that message, he waited two days longer in the place that he was. Interesting, right? Why? Why did he wait two extra days in the place that he was? Why didn't he just go as soon as he heard the news? Interesting. After this, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. And the disciples were like, bro, no. Like, we just came from Judea. Do you not like, remember what just happened? They were trying to stone you and all that, and you want to go back? No, <laughs> it's not happening. Um, but Jesus says, come on, boys, you know, our friend Lazarus, he's asleep, but I need to go wake him up. So off they went to Judea. Um, and John eleven seventeen says, now when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been dead in the cave for four days. What? That doesn't make much sense, does it? Can you imagine what the disciples and Mary and Martha were thinking in that moment? Like, dude, it's too late. It's done. Like, he's dead. D-E-A-D dead. Like there's nothing you can do about it. Why didn't you come earlier? You, you definitely could have stopped this, right? So Jesus asked Martha, who had raced out to meet him, to call to Mary to come and see him. So she did, along with the Jews that were consoling her as she was mourning as well. And after seeing Jesus, she fell at his feet saying, Lord, if just if you were here, my brother wouldn't be dead. If you'd just gotten here sooner, right, my brother would still be here with me. If you just came earlier, we wouldn't be in this mess. Mary had lost hope. Jesus wasn't there to help when she wanted him to be. He didn't come when he'd said he'd come. Where were you when I needed you, right? Maybe you've lost hope here today. Maybe it does feel like there are some areas of your life that are dead. Maybe it does feel like your marriage is dead. Maybe it does feel like there's relationships that are dead or maybe it's your work or your family or your finances or maybe it even feels like it's your future. And maybe, just as we can so often have this view, Mary did actually see Jesus as distant. Maybe she did see him as unkind. Where were you when I really needed you? How, how could you? Like, my brother has died now, back when I was 17, um, I had a few health issues popping up in my life, right? When I was 17, you know, as I mentioned earlier, wasn't doing so hot. Um, I would have severe anxiety, um, so, so severe that I could leave my bedroom like once a week to go to work. Um, and then the rest of the week, I would just stay in bed staring at walls because I just couldn't, like my body physically couldn't get itself out of bed. Um, so I started, so when I started to notice that my body was getting sore and painful and all of this stuff, I just thought, like, really? really? You think that I can handle this right now? Like, you seriously think? I got so upset. I went through all the usual things, right? Why me? Honestly, why me? Why not someone else? Why? Seriously, God, why am I the one that has to deal with all of this? Like, why is it me? I got angry. It's okay to get angry. He can handle it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let that sit for a second, hey? Gee whiz. Um, and it was years of what felt like I had every test under the sun, right? And for some reason, th new things just kept popping up. Like, it didn't make sense. I didn't understand it. 
I had lost hope in finding the answer. I really did. Every time that I would get a result back, I knew they were going to say the same thing. Is The results came clear. We'll try this test next week, right? Like I had lost hope. I got frustrated in God and started like des- deciding and forming a new perception of who he was. I just started um, forming this perception that he was distant, that he didn't love me, that you know, how could he love me if he's making me go through all of this, right? But then the real Jesus responded. Then the real Jesus responded just as he responds in this account in verse 33. Jesus looked around at the people weeping, mourning, crying out. He looked at Mary and he saw her despair. And when he saw this, it says in verse 33, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Their pain moved him. He was empathetic toward their situation, right? A friend whom he loved had passed away. He saw the pain in their eyes and he was greatly troubled. So much so that we find the shortest verse in the Bible, right? Jesus wept. He saw their pain and he wept with them. Isn't that powerful? This is the real Jesus, deeply in love with you, moved by you. He sees you. He sees you. He understands you. God loves you. And for me, it would have been so easy to form my own belief of who Jesus was, right? But you know what was so beautiful? is just like Lisa, just like Liv and a few other of the gals around, he chased me down. He chases his children down. In the middle of my pain, he got down on my level and he wept with me. He was with me in that season. How do I know? Jaden wasn't my friend back then. Like, he was an acquaintance at best, but he just decided randomly to invite my friend group to church, the church, Everlife, Oceans, at the time. I wasn't there. And I thought, you know what, I'll just go. I'll just go support a friend um, and see what it's like. But I went back the next week, and then I went back the next week, and the next week, and as I was immersing myself around people who loved Jesus, I could start to see that, Maybe he isn't actually as far off as I think that he is. Maybe he isn't as far off as you think he is. And he wasn't. And as I became more aware of him, I heard him speak to me throughout my days, comforting me when I needed comfort, giving strength to my weary bones, giving me courage to keep going, right? And bit by bit, my perception changed to who he really was, that he cared for me. He thought highly of me. That's a word here for someone, by the way. He thinks highly of you. He calls me clean, beautiful, and worthy of love. And it is the same for you. God loves you. God loves you. He sees you. He is moved by you. He sees the hours of late nights that you spend up feeling like you're alone. He sees the brokenness. He sees your weakness. He is God, but he is human, right? So he understands. And if we keep reading in John 11, Jesus says, where have you laid him? They walked him to the cave and he said, take away the stone. And Martha said, Jesus, like he's been dead for four days, right? Like, are you sure (laughs) you want to move the stone right now? Like the stench is going to be pretty bad, trust me. You don't want to do that. And then Jesus is like, did I not tell you that you were going to see the glory of God? Did I not tell you that God was going to reveal himself to you today? Did I not tell you where some people would have thought that I was, um, I was, they were too far gone? I was not, right? Others may think that it's too much to handle, but as you can tell, I'm not like other people. 
right? So they took away the stone with Mary, Martha, and all the Jews around who had come to comfort the sisters. Jesus cries out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man that once was dead walks out. The man that was once dead is alive, right? He walks out of that cave and it says in his word, many of the Jews that were there and saw what Jesus did that day believed. Jesus shows us who God really is and his power over death. Three simple words. And Lazarus walked out of that cave alive and revived, right? I don't care how dead your hope is. I am here to tell you that there is hope in Jesus, right? See, the good news is that in the middle of your hopeless situation, in the middle of your hard times, your trials, your bad days, this is the hope that the real Jesus brings and the hope that we can anchor our faith into, right? That he is good, that he is loving, he is kind and that you can trust him. Trust that God is who he says he is, right? That he sees you and that he is with you. He wants to reveal himself intimately to you. But you might say, how do you trust God, right? Like, it's, like how do you do that? How, why would I trust God? I'm just so overwhelmed that I actually just don't know where to start in trusting him. Well, let's just start, hey, let's just start here. Let's just start here in this account. Three things from this account. I think that's a great place to start, don't you? It's good. Three things to trust God with in your hopelessness. From this account, point one is his timing. Trust in his timing. Jesus could have easily left as soon as Mary and Martha sent for him, but he waited two days. Why? Why, right? To show his power over death. Jesus wanted to show his power to Mary and all those who were watching, right? He delayed in order to reveal who he was, to just demonstrate his power to bring dead things back to life. That's why he waited. And even in mine and Jaden's life, right, God is constantly making a habit of revealing himself to us in new ways and learning how to trust in his timing because somehow he knows if everything's perfect, then we're probably just not going to trust in him as much as we should. And he knows us pretty well, so he's, he's pretty right about that. Um, but I remember a few months ago, we got hit with a few big bills at once and we were like, well, oh, <laughs> okay, like, how are we supposed to pay for all of this um, with the amount of time that we have left to pay off these bills, right? Like, we crunched the numbers, Jaden's got an Excel spreadsheet, he did the little number thingies, he loves his little Excel spreadsheets, his love language. Um, <laughs> we accounted for the ridiculous inflation and the interest, rising interest rates, gee whiz, we accounted for that, like, this is supposed to make sense, why is this so hard? I have no idea how we're not, I have no idea how we're going to afford all of this, right? And it got to the last day that we had to pay our bills after prayer and interceding. God, come on, you're a God that provides. Oh, I trust you, trust you. When you're kind of a little bit not because you're like, it's the last day, man. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> trying not to buy as much food, right? Trying to um, not drive as much. Getting every little means possible of money scraped together. But still, it was just nowhere near what we needed past the life. Um, but we prayed and we were like, God, like, why? Seriously? Why? Why is this so hard? Like, it actually doesn't make sense on paper. Like, what is happening, right? <laughs> and then that day, not even kidding, a couple of hours later, uh, we got a transfer for the amount that we needed just because someone was thinking of us and wanted to be obedient to God. Like, who does that? Who does that? Seriously. 
That doesn't make any sense. God, the numbers made sense on paper, right? Like, why didn't you just let us breeze our way through that one, honestly? But instead, he chose to use someone listening to the voice of God to teach us how to trust in the timing of God, right? Isn't he incredible? Isn't he just so good? God wanted to personally reveal himself to Jaden and myself. Through our experience, through his delay, Jesus revealed himself in a personal way to us where through experience now we know God as our provider, right? That he is trustworthy, that he he is who he says he is. And actually through his delay gave us confidence for the future, right? See, sometimes he'll allow the delay and the challenges in our life in order to reveal more of who he is so that we can actually grow in confidence, not just through our head knowledge of knowing, you know, who he says he is, but our heart knowledge, which is our experience and and knowing personally for ourselves. Two very different things, by the way. And sometimes we can put our hope in worldly things because we're human, Like money and people, status, jobs, even our emotions. We can put our hope in our emotions instead of putting our hope in Jesus, right? But Jesus says, I am hope. I am the hope you have been searching for. I am steadfast, reliable, and true. There is nothing better than me. You've tried it your way, but it's fallible, right? Hebrews 6, 18, 19 says, So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Jesus is the hope that anchors our souls. Anchors go all the way down to the bottom, right? Like all the way down. Here's the hope that anchors our souls all the way down to our souls when your hope is in him and not in the world your soul is at ease right we've probably most experienced it here things seem clearer you know peace follows you around why because that's who Jesus is he wants to give you hope but hope can't be built without something to hope in right so when you're wondering when he's coming to help you just remember He stayed two extra days in the town he was in, not because he didn't love Lazarus, because he loved him deeply. He wanted to show his power over death. His timing paints a beautiful picture of hope for humanity. We can put our hope in his timing. He's proven to be worthy of trusting in that. He has. Are we good? Feeling good? Awesome. Point two is we can trust in his compassion. Jesus understands you. He was human too. He felt human emotions. It's very clear that he felt human emotions. He got tired. He had to sleep. He cried. He had to eat. He got anxious. He got stressed. He was human. He had human emotions, human feelings. He was as real as you and me, right? He gets it. He can relate. He's not as far off as you think that he is. And what I love about the story of Lazarus is that when Jesus saw Mary and the Jews weeping and mourning over the death of their brother and their friend, it says he was moved, deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Twice it says that. Twice. It's not, it's not making it up. He was moved by their grief. He wept with them. He felt what they were going through, but at the same time, he knew that he was their hope and he had the answer. Even after the death of Lazarus, Martha believed that Jesus was who he said he was, that whoever believed in him would not die, but they would live again. She had not 
she had hope not in her circumstance, right? But her hope was in Jesus, who he had proven himself to be. So yes, she grieved. She wept. She mourned the death of her brother, but she awaited with a kingdom expectation and a kingdom hope because she knew that Jesus had proven himself to be true, that he was the one who heals, redeems, revives, restores, and sets free. Psalm 33, 18 says, The eyes of the Lord are upon even the weakest worshippers who love him, those who wait in hope and expectation for the strong steady love of God. This is why I love God right here. He is so compassionate. All he wants is our attention, right? All he wants is our love. That's all he wants. He sees the trials we face and still he says, I see you. I see the late nights you spend up worrying about your family, right? I see the hours you've spent feeling like you're not measuring up. He sees your weakest moments, your weakest human moments and still he says, I see you. I love you. I am your hope. He gets down on your level, right? I am the comforter, the shepherd, the one who sees you. He even calls you blessed. He even calls you blessed, church. In Matthew 5, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who recognize they need God's help, the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Jesus understands you. Despite what you think of yourself or what others have spoken over you, he calls you blessed. He has given us proof that we can trust in him because of his compassion for us, right? We can trust in his compassion. And point three, and we can have the beautiful band back up. Thank you. He reveals himself through you. Isn't that cool? Jesus wants to show others who he really is through you. Not just me, like you, everyone. There's no exemption to the rule. Jesus waited two days to go back to Judea so that God's character could be seen through the death of Lazarus. It said many that followed him to the cave, they witnessed Lazarus arise and then what? They believed. They believed because they saw God wants to be known through our hardships. You, right now, in the midst of your battle, are in the middle of your testimony. He uses all things in our life for the good of those who love Him. He does. He really does. I am a living testament to that. 1 Peter 4.12 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you go through, as if something strange were happening. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in His suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing His glory when it is revealed to all the world. Isn't that so comforting? So refreshing? Doesn't that give you peace? See, when I was going through my health issues, and I still am, Let's be real. It would have been so easy for me to use an excuse to wallow in my self-pity, right? Honestly, why me? Why not somebody else? I had every worldly excuse to give up hope, right? But all it takes is one moment to say, God, okay, like seriously, if you are who you say you are, would you reveal yourself in this situation? If you are who you say you are, give me a reason to put my hope in you. And fast forward to today, and I've still got some answers, not all of them, but I now have a greater sense 
of why. Why me? Why not somebody else? Because God wants others to see Him through me. He knows me better than I know myself. He knows that I can handle what's going on because it's in His strength, right? I trust Him in that. And when I started coming back to church and back to God, I learned how to put my faith in Him and not my circumstance, which circumstance, which I was so good at doing. And it wasn't a flick of the switch. It wasn't. It was intentionality and a lot of transformation by the grace of God. But bit by bit, as I started to get to know Him more through the Word, through community, church, through church, telling you it is more powerful than you think it is. Through prayer, I got to understand His heart and He just wants to be known. He just wants us to know who He is. He wants His character, His attributes to be seen through me, right? He wants others to see of His goodness and His faithfulness because of what He's done in my life. I think that's pretty incredible, right? Like what an incredible honour to go through trials for Christ's sake, right? To partner with Him in showing others who He really is. He doesn't really, He's strong enough and big enough and powerful enough to not need us. But He wants us, right? He wants us to partner with Him. I think that's an incredible thing to be a part of. Can I encourage you, don't wish away the trial. It is there for a reason. Instead, ask God, would your love be seen through this? Would you reveal yourself to others through this? Would my hope not be in my circumstance or my circumstances changing, but would it be in you? Would it be in you, my firm foundation, my rock, my anchor, the God who cares for me, who wants to be seen and known in every area of your life? We can put our hope in knowing that God will outwork all things for good, for the good of us. We can have confidence in that. We can. And when Jesus called Lazarus out of the cave, the man who had been dead for four days, and he walked out of that cave alive, many believed. Many. I wonder how much many is from the Bible, right? Maybe for you, you're in a cave. Maybe everything seems dark around you. Maybe, maybe some things in your life have felt like they have died or maybe they have died. But just like Lazarus, just like Jesus called Lazarus out of that cave, I feel God is calling some things back to life today. Amen. He is calling some things back to life. He's proven Himself worthy of putting our hope in His timing, His compassion, and Him revealing Himself for the good of those around us. Amen. All you have to do is understand that our hope in Jesus looks so different to hoping in this world, right? Hope of this world is superficial. It looks at what's right here, right now. My hope is in that, right? But kingdom hope, kingdom hope places our hope in Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the anchor of our soul. Our hope is in eternity, right? Our hope is in knowing that Jesus died on the cross for us and we've been given all authority to walk in freedom. We have been given all authority to walk in freedom. Hope in Jesus looks like, okay, God, I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet here, but if you are who you say you are, I put my hope and trust in you, knowing that you are a provider, that you
that you care for the ones who you love. I don't know how I'm ever going to get over this breakup, but God, because you are who you say you are, I put my hope in knowing that you are comforter, you are protector, you give peace. I can't find a way in my own strength to not be frustrated at my children, but God, I know I put my hope in knowing that you are my source of strength. You give grace and you are sufficient for me. to know God more and His character through the Word, through community, through prayer and listening to His voice, we understand that it's not a superficial hope. It is not a superficial hope. It is a deep hope, a deep restorative hope, a hope that anchors the soul. Why don't we stand together? First is for people who have never really made the decision to accept Jesus into their heart. People that haven't actually experienced this hope before and it's been a worldly hope, but maybe you want to experience deep hope today. Maybe you want to experience restorative hope today with Jesus. Maybe you have walked away and you are feeling like you're in that cave, just like Lazarus. Maybe you are feeling like you're stuck in that cave and it's a bit dark and maybe you don't feel alive. Let's be real, maybe you don't feel alive. If you've never accepted Jesus or you've walked away and you're wanting to come back to Him, let me just say that that excites Him. That brings Him so much joy. You don't have to come with this um, this shame and being like, oh God, like I'm here. No, He delights in knowing you. He delights in knowing you. He chases you down. He chased me down. He'll chase you down too, right? So what I'd like to do with every eye closed and head bowed, if that is you, if you want to know God personally, have a relationship with God personally, or maybe you've walked away, maybe you're watching online and this is for you as well with every eye closed, would you be so bold not to embarrass you or anything because all the eyes are closed, just to know who we're praying for and as just a sign of surrender to God, saying, okay, God, I will put my hope in you. Would you just be so bold and courageous and put up your hand for me just so I can see who I'm praying for? That's awesome. Thank you so much. Is there anyone else? Does anyone want to start? with God. Let me tell you, it is the best decision that you will make in your life. Honestly, He loves you. He is for you. He is with you. We don't want to rush this moment. This is a beautiful moment. Maybe you're watching online and you've put up your hand. Let us know um, in the comments so our team can reach out to you and pray for you. But why don't we all just pray this prayer together, hey, as a sign of giving just surrendering to God, saying, God, I am yours. I put my hope in you. So let's pray this together. Dear God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you died for me. Tonight I choose to put my hope in you. Lord, I turn from my past and I welcome you into my heart. Would you fill me with your love? Fill me with your spirit. Tonight I don't look back, but I'm all for you. In Jesus' name, amen.
good. He loves you. He sees you. And we love more family. We just want to do the journey with you. So we'll, we'll chat after the service. That is an awesome decision. But the second thing I want to pray for really quick um, is I do believe that God put this word on my heart for a reason. And um, maybe there are some people here who do have just given up on believing that God is good. Given up on putting their hope in Jesus because they just feel like that they've gone through too much in their life, that they just can't trust in God. Can I first say that that is a lie, that He is so good and that He is worth putting your trust in. Maybe there's some people here that goes a little bit deeper than that who actually don't see a way out, who feel like they're stuck in the cave. But I believe that just like Jesus raised Lazarus from, from the dead, He wants to restore and bring back some things to life tonight. Maybe there are some things that you thought were dead. Maybe just close your eyes if you're, if you're around this place. We don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable, but this is a beautiful moment between you and God. Maybe some things do feel dead in your life, but just like Lazarus, Jesus is calling them to life again. You thought joy was dead? No, it was just sleeping. You thought that peace was dead? Oh, it is about to break out of its cave. You thought that your life was in ruins? Well, Jesus is here to give you hope, a hope that anchors your soul. And Jesus is calling dry bones to life. He wants you to live in freedom. He wants you to live a life, a beautiful life with Him. He does. Where you thought all was lost. Where you lay your head at night, looking at the ceiling, thinking that there is no nothing to hope in. I can tell you, I'm here to tell you that there is. And His name is Jesus and that He is good. And He wants you to, to see you walk in freedom. I believe that hearts are going to be restored. Not just fixed to what they once were, but restored, revived, brand new. So why don't we join me? If that is you, why don't you stretch out your hands if you feel like you've lost hope and you want to get it again. If you want that hope back in your life, would you just stretch out your hands just to receive from God. He is wanting to meet you here today. He is wanting to reveal Himself to you today. But we're just going to pray over that right now. Father, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Would you just rest on the people right now who feel like they've lost hope in you, Lord? We pray that we can learn through experience to trust in your timing trust that you are compassionate, that you get down with the lowly and the poor in spirit, that you are a kind God who loves us and who sets us free. Lord, I pray that we can trust that you work everything in our life out for good, for the good of those who love you, Lord. And we pray of a broken hearts this morning, who have felt there is no way out, who don't see the light. Lord, we break the chains of brokenness and pain over their life. What once had a hold of them is now gone in the name of Jesus. Let them know that they are so seen by you, deeply moved by you. You're moved by them, Father, that you rest with them, breathe with them, laugh with them, cry with them. You see them, Father. Let them know that intimately right now in the name of Jesus. And what you think you have done in your life to outrun God has not worked. You can never, ever outrun the love of God. I just want to prophesy for a moment that calling dry bones to life is just an expression of, you know, you feel dead inside. You don't feel like, you know, maybe it's your emotions that you just haven't felt in check with for a while or maybe you are feeling a bit dry or, or 
glazed over or apathetic or complacent. Can I tell you, God wants to cold, dry bones to life. He wants to breathe breath into your lungs. Even now, I see hope restored in the name of Jesus. I see joy breaking forth in the name of Jesus. Deep joy, not worldly joy, but our hope in the Lord. Our joy of the Lord is our strength. I see family units brought back together in the name of Jesus. I see finances making a little more sense. If that is you, if you're wanting to receive that, would you lift your hands? I see those who feel peace is dead, revived in the name of Jesus. I see hope brought back to life because He is good and He wants to see you walk in freedom. So Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you minister to us, Lord? We give you all the glory. And as we sing this, Lord, would it be a sign and a declaration of our love for you in Jesus' name? Come on, let's sing. Thank you for listening to the Oceans Church podcast. For more information, visit oceans.church.